What's up, everybody? Austin here, and welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff. I'm so glad to have you here. So glad that you decided to tune in and join the fiesta. And today, I say fiesta very intentionally because my guest, Steve McCarty, is uh, he's a, he's a pastor, missionary. He's a just all-around awesome human being, one of my favorite people on the planet. We have such a good time when we're together. Um, well, there's some just really cool backstory about how, how we met and, you know, some of the, we have some funny inside jokes that we'll share at least one of those. And Steve actually was, for several years, lived with his, with his family, lived in Costa Rica as a missionary, and still to this day goes over to Costa Rica and continues to, to, to work with the folks out there that they've met and networked with and uh, serve and help out there. And... Uh, that's just one of the many awesome things that, that he does and he gets to do on a regular basis. But he also founded a church in Birmingham, Alabama. It's technically Trustville, Alabama, but that's um, which if, if, you, if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you will have met some other folks in my network that are also from that area and also are on staff with uh, there at FCF or Faith Community Fellowship, as it were. And man, what we just had such an awesome time. We wanted to record in one place outside and turns out there was a person blowing the blowing the leaves and we just couldn't it was a little bit too much noise so we got in his truck and kind of recorded the podcast in there, but it was cool. You know, it was really nice and and we had some AC going so it was a pretty hot day. So it was much better than, you know, sitting in the sun or even in the shade. But I am. I, I don't even want to say anything else. I just want you guys to listen to this conversation. We had to gloss over so much stuff, as I'll, as you'll hear me say in the in the podcast. But man, Pastor Steve McCarty, he's just super, super awesome, and I can't wait for you to meet him. So, without further hesitation, let's go. All right, so we're recording now. So. See, we're, we're trying to find a spot here. It's like we, we were actually going to record. I'm with Pastor Steve. We're in his truck now. We were <laughs> we were going to, we wanted to sit. At, there's a spot behind the church um, where there's like a cross and it's a beautiful setting. And we were going to sit there. A and waterfall the next to us. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, water nice stream. Spot. Nice spot. And then we were going to record there. And then there was someone pressure washing and it was just a little too, too loud and consistent. So we're now in the truck. And the to, fact that it's almost 90 degrees. Also. Well, that's true. It is pretty hot outside. And it wasn't as shady as we thought it was going to be. That's correct. <laughs> so we're in the truck and we're about to pull up on uh, a spot that's a little shaded, but it's still going to be close to the spot that you wanted to record that's in. Because I yeah. know it's important to you, it has a significance to you, which, for you know, with all my guests, I want the, the, the location, if possible, to be uh, significant. So, well, man, goodness gracious, I know we. Get pinning you down and, and, and is like is like trying to catch smoke sometimes. But sometimes it's like when you're, but it's like you're either super easy to get a hold of, or you're somewhere in some third world country, you know, doing this, <laughs> rocking the rocking it. So, but no, I, but you, but you are. So thank you for coming on the show, and I'm glad our schedules lined up, you know. And uh, man, just uh, I'm so excited about this conversation. There's Hard just so much to, to talk Hard about. To be with you, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch to talk about. Absolutely. So my gosh, so we're. So where to begin? So how did we meet? First of all, I like to start the, every conversation with who are you to the listener who we're talking, you know, you know, who, whoever's listening to the show, who, who are you and kind of how, how did we meet? Let's just talk about our background, how we came to, you know, get to know each other. Absolutely. I'm Steve, Steve McCarty. I'm the pastor at Faith Community yeah. Fellowship in Trustville, Alabama. And 
I met Austin Wiggins uh, as we were pursuing some video done in the church. And so Austin, I think, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember, my goodness, it's been years ago. It's been. And uh, you actually came on staff at the church as our video, all things media man. And then uh, around the COVID time, uh, you know, it became a huge opportunity for you. So we've been freelancing together since you left the staff and never have left a relationship. Absolutely not. No. And this is, I tell people, because this is this, I've recorded several podcasts here at at the church with the staff, Um, you know, and you're. And so the people, the listener, they're familiar. If, they, if they've been listening since the beginning, they know FCF at this point. They've we, they've met Clayton, uh, they've met Will. If and I think this, uh, yeah, they've met Will. I'm just trying to remember the release schedule. They've met Will. They've met. Um, I want to say some other, somebody else, but the, at least those two guys. And you guys are part of my family. And I say it every episode. The FCF family, Faith Community Fellowship, which is the church here in Trustville, Alabama. You guys are my family. Absolutely. You know, one of I have seven. I'm very blessed, very fortunate to have several branches of family but this is definitely one of them i love it i love it we feel the same way (laughs) well and uh so tell us a little bit about you know your background and how you got into preaching and how to be the road to being a pastor and where kind of where fc is fcf is today and just kind of just oh we don't want to spend too much so kind of i know because there's so much i already said we're going to have like a part two part three probably with this conversation so (laughs) that's correct let's just kind of quickly speed through from like your journey from high school or teenage years to you know to, to yeah. where you are now really quickly i think it's the backstory is big because i never envisioned myself doing this in fact for years i said i would never do this but um i had a radical life change encounter uh, at the age of 16 when my 18 year old sister was driving a car along with three others in the car. She was rear-ended by a drunk driver, pushed into oncoming traffic. The four of them were killed instantly. I drove on that accident, drove up on that accident. My parents were in my car and um, found her and the others deceased, police, ambulance, fire trucks everywhere, a horrific scene. Um, and somehow, three days later, of course, I blame God. Why did this happen? But three days later, I found myself on my knees with my family, receiving Jesus as my Savior, uh, totally transforming my life. I was involved in drugs and alcohol. In fact, the night I accepted Christ, there was cocaine on my dresser. That's where I was in life. And a radical change, Austin, a radical change. Um, three months later, I found myself in Guatemala. It's a crazy story, but my pastor told me i need you um we're building a church in guatemala and so after him twisting my arm my youth pastor also at the church we attended twisting my arm i went to guatemala and that's where i know that god captured my heart and i really sensed him speak to me and say son i've called you to preach this gospel and i've called you to the nations and so that's really where my journey began um, as in ministry and also as a missionary. So, and then, so, and then kind of touch on, so, so if that works for point A, kind of where we are now, we're at FCF, how many years ago, to 2023, how many years has this been from that point to now? Well, 1987 okay. is when I had life change. Yeah. So it's a long, long time ago, so. six years ago. <laughs> and, um, 
what happened following that was was uh, marriage, Bible college. I was a youth minister yeah. taking students overseas on missions trips. I had a pastor approach me and say, I want you to be my youth pastor. I said, well, I'm really a missionary. And so he said, well, you know, but I want you to be my youth pastor. And I said, mm-hmm. well, listen, I'll accept the job as long as you let me take students overseas on missions trips. That's where my life was changed. That's all I knew. And so he said, sure, if you can raise the funds, you can do it. And so I, I didn't realize <laughs> I it, it would turn into almost 14 years of being a youth pastor in three different locations where I was consistently taking students everywhere as far south as Argentina. Uh, I've taken kids all over Central and South America, uh, students to Moscow, to Siberia. I've been all over the world really evangelizing, building churches, orphanages, and schools, and never, never, never wanted to be a senior pastor. In fact, I vowed I would never do this job, yep. <laughs> ever. And I think the listeners slowly starting to understand why this is going to be a multi-part conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because global missions, major. A huge, huge I part mean, of my life. And this global missions, you know, FCF in general, what the churches and, you know, what, I mean, the, the impact that you guys have on the local community, the global community, is just in, um, incredible. That's awesome. I mean, I tell people I wish there would. I wish you guys would open up FCF Rome, you know, <laughs> like a Rome campus. Because, um, which for if this is your first time listening, Rome, Georgia is where I live, and I'm about a hundred miles from here. Uh oh. Oh. We got, we had a phone call. We got a phone call. We should shut that you off. Have an incoming uh, call. That's hilarious. That's right. Yeah. In fact, now I wouldn't mind doing Rome, Italy either. <laughs> oh, that's true. We could, that's true. Rome, Italy. You could tell, that's what, you could tell the campus, we got a new campus, it's going to be the Rome campus. That's right. And then when, when it's almost ready to go, you burst their bubble. Actually, we met Rome, Georgia. They're Rome, thinking Georgia. they were got to get It's not that it. far away. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but it's just, and I tell people too, and I'll probably mention this in the intro, is that this is not a spiritual podcast. It's not a religious podcast, but, um, and I, it's, I have no, in like ulterior motive to push this on people because I want people to listen to this regardless of your belief, regardless of your faith, regardless of your profession, your background, your interests. But this is such a big part of my life. It's such a big part of the lives of the people in my in my life. Well, honestly, and, honestly, Austin, if had this been that kind of a pro podcast and program, I probably would have declined. Yeah, because, yes, I do preach. I am a, a minister of the gospel. But who I really am is Steve, yeah. a guy that at the age of 16 drove up on a car accident, yeah. met Jesus three days later, and radically transformed my life. Religion is not what I'm about. It's never been that. It's Absolutely. about life change. Yes. And where I was and what Christ did in my life is the story I tell. And it has nothing to do with church or religion. It has everything to do with the person of Jesus. And yes. so uh, I, I know that sounds churchy. But the fact is, this is so real and so personal to me yeah. because of the change that was made way back in 1987. Yeah. And then I was actually, I, me and Clayton did a 17-minute, I have a series called, that I release under the podcast called In the Moment Series, where it's literally in the heat of a moment right after something. And it's usually, you know, 10 to 20-minute episodes. There are many episodes. Me, uh, Play, Clayton and I um, talked about the youth conference excellent and we yeah. talked for 17 minutes about it and in that i said and i'll say it again here it says whatever you believe whatever you want to call it life change is real life change is happening and we based on our beliefs we are seeing true life change that is 
coming from the, a source that we believe to be Jesus, be coming from divine invention. Um, but again, we're not trying to push that anybody. We're just sharing, sharing what we story. see, right. you know, and it's up to you to, you know, to do with that what Absolutely. you will. But we're just having a conversation about lives being impacted in radical ways that therapy could not do right. in ways that drugs, alcohol, you know, short, quick fixes could obviously could not can't do. Absolutely. Um, so that's what this conversation is about, partly, but also just and again, such a this is going to be a th- this is going to be a three part man. There's just I'm having to gloss over so much <laughs> stuff, but definitely want to talk about that. And uh, and but then so you, at what point did you realize Costa Rica? So let's talk about Costa Rica. You know, moving there, learning the language, and what that was like, and why you did it. And sure, sure. So I. Again, 1987, Guatemala, since God, tugging me towards missions, calling me to missions. I was dating a girl back then, and I realized when I sensed the call of God to to preach the gospel and to go to the nations, be a missionary, I figured that this relationship with this girl is over. In fact, I came home from that missions trip, sat her down, and I said, hey, there's two things you need to know about me. Number one, I'm going to be a preacher. And she said, okay. Number two, I'm going to be a missionary. And this is what she said to me. She said, Steve, it's okay, because when I was nine years old, I really sensed God telling me I would be a missionary too. And so what I thought was going to end the relationship, solidify the relationship, that's the girl that I've been married to now for, oh my goodness, we've, we've been dating since 16. And he, that was in 1987. So all these years later, uh, she's my wife. She's the mother of our three boys. And uh, she's amazing. And so we've been together going through Bible college, going through all those years of youth ministry, praying every year, God, please send us to the nations. I know that's a crazy prayer to pray, <laughs> but that's our heart. It always has been. And yep. so finally, we we're in the country of Nicaragua. Um, had about 50 students on a missions trip in Nicaragua where God captured our hearts on that trip and said separately to us both at different times on that trip, it's time. Mm-hmm. And so when we came back together the night before we left Nicaragua, we we had been staying. I was staying with the boys. She was staying with the girls. We stayed at a Bible college in the same room. I said, baby, we got to talk. And she said, we do. And I said, what are you sensing? She said, God's telling me it's time to leave the States, time to be full-time missionaries. And we wept together. We cried and said, this is it. That's exactly what God spoke to me. Went and met with our pastor, uh, went through all the steps to become a missionary, a long journey that was. We uh, raised our own funds to be missionaries. And we went to Costa Rica, although I had been there in 1992 on a missions trip with Pastor Mike Ennis, who is now our Springville campus pastor, the executive pastor of Faith Community Fellowship. He was my youth pastor growing up, Dana's youth pastor growing up. We went there, never had plans of returning to Costa Rica, but this is what we found out. When you need to learn Spanish, you go to Costa Rica for this reason. If you were coming to the States to learn English, you probably wouldn't go to South Alabama. <laughs> the accent's a little stronger. And they probably wouldn't send you to Boston. You know, <laughs> you're probably going to go to like, I don't know, Iowa, Missouri, somewhere in the Midwest where the yeah. accent is a little flatter. That's why you go to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And so we went to Costa Rica on the assignment to learn the language. Little did I know um, I would be captivated by the culture, by the people by the place and so when we went there we had sold all of our possessions dana was actually 
pregnant with our third child who was born in Costa Rica. So uh, he just turned 18 years old. Um, Caleb was born in Costa Rica, and uh, which gave us the right to eventually become residents of the country. So I am a U.S. citizen, and, and my family and I are residents of the country of Costa Rica, which is a beautiful thing. So does that basically mean you can't vote? What's the difference in a resident and a citizen, I guess? I, I am a permanent resident without condition in the country of Costa Rica. And at this point, I cannot vote. I could go through the process to, to get there, oh, I see. but I can't vote. Um, but I can buy property. I can huh. own stuff because I'm a resident. So it's pretty cool. That is really cool. I didn't, I've never really heard about the, yeah. thought about the difference of that. So, so what was that like? Just learning the language. I mean, because gosh, I mean, you literally went. I mean, you, would you say you you basically went there cold turkey, right? Yeah, of course. All the travel I've described all over the world, I, I learned some Spanish, right? Just from being out. Um, probably the most I learned. I spent a month in Argentina right when I graduated high school. And I had taken Spanish in high school. And like many of the listeners, <laughs> if you take Spanish in high school, you learn some vocabulary, but you don't know how to speak it. Mm -hmm. So I had some Spanish in my brain. Okay. We moved to Costa Rica in uh, 2005. And that's when um, I was 34 years old. And going into language school where that is your job for a year, it was the equivalent. You know, I'm a grown man. I've got two boys. My wife is pregnant with our third son. And it was the equivalent of going into kindergarten, first grade. I mean, I realized I'm I'm reading C-Spot Run in Spanish. You know, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. And it was very humbling yep. to be in that circumstance. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but the, people ask me all the time, what's the best way to learn a language? And my only answer is the way I did it. Go to a foreign country and be forced to speak it. Yeah. Because... You know, you, you got to pay your power bill. You've got to order at a restaurant. You've got the things that you don't think about doing. Yep. We were forced to do. And therefore, the language came very naturally. Fortunately, my wife had taken four years of Spanish in high school. She had a great basis. I, I did not. And uh, I really believe God has helped us a ton with the language and given us a gift in that language. So there's something, speaking about Spanish, there's one thing I want to hit on this kind of inside joke between me and you. I think you know what I'm going, I'm going with that one. But do you have any funny stories? I know because I actually took a couple of years of Spanish myself in grade school. Are there any? So I know there's some kind of there's words that are similar, you know, like embarazado, which oh, means yeah. pregnant, but it actually <laughs> sounds like embarrassed. You sounds like so it's like embarazado. It's like you you think oh I'm sorry I'm embarrassed because I bumped into a person on the bus, but you're saying oh I'm I'm pregnant, you <laughs> know, right. which is can, you know can raise some eyebrows. <laughs> but do you have any funny stories like oh, that golly, where you just kind of put your foot in your mouth because yeah. you didn't know? the language I, super well i can tell you one from last sunday so <laughs> so <laughs> last sunday i'm i'm preaching in in uh, in san sebastiana community in costa rica i'm preaching at a church called el tabernaculo which i've been to a billion times and the formal greeting the the way that you greet all the time people uh, in spanish is como amaneció como amaneció the amanecer is is the sunrise mm -hmm. And what you're asking them is, how did you rise this morning? Como amanecio. Okay. And so I'm in front of the church and I'm introduced and I, I get up to the microphone and I ask the question, Como amanecieron? How did you all rise this morning? That's what I asked. It's the verb con, uh, conjunction there uh, for how did y'all rise this morning? But they didn't respond. 
And I thought, well, that's strange. Normally I get a good rise out of them and they're, uh, I've been there many times. They know me well. So later the pastor at lunch tells me, he said, pastor, do you realize what you said this morning when you got up? And I said, yeah, I said, so they didn't respond. I said, como nacieron? And he said, no, that's not what you said. He said, you said, como nacieron? And it means, how were you all birthed? <laughs> he said, I, I almost raised my hand and said, normal. I was born the normal way. And we laughed. I've got so many stories. Normal, normal. When, when uh, going to pray for a man who was having stomach problems and really believed that the Lord touched him. And I told him this before I learned how to speak Spanish fluently. And I said, Senor, I said, su estomaco, your stomach, es, I wanted to say mejor, which means better. But I said, mujer, and I told him his stomach was a woman. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many yep. easy ways to blow it in Spanish, and those are just a couple. And it's crazy because, like, words is something that Americans have no idea concept of is that words have sort of you have masculine and feminine oh my. words yes which is interesting because there's been studies that i've read that that affects people's perspective of items like inanimate objects sure. being men like manly masculine or, or, or masculine or feminine like a chair or mm -hmm. a book or sure. a, whatever the case may be which is very interesting and it kind of there's a lot of psychology on that, that that we in English don't even think about. And interestingly enough, and my son claims this is true with me, his father, he says, Dad, you are a different human when you speak Spanish. That when you speak a foreign language, your personality can actually change psychologically. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. understand it, but I will say that the people from our staff who go travel overseas where I'm speaking Spanish, preaching in Spanish, they go, my goodness, you're just a different human down here. I kind of feel like it's because of the calling on my life to be there. But it, it is true. It really does have a psychological effect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that. And then so to the inside joke. So in the Spanish, what are you taught me a Spanish word? And it's called carcajadas. 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 And, and it uh, means a belly laugh. Yes. And so it actually, so how this started was so <laughs> yeah, right. every week... I would, or several times a week, really, but we would, I would get you on camera and you would give an update and they would send it out via right. email. And I, there was a, what's called a poster frame, which for anybody that don't know, most people would call it a thumbnail where it's basically the image you see on a video before you click play, that still picture. And the church, you know, wanted to have you just smiling, right? Just having a nice, happy smile. So at first I said, give me a, you know, just smile like you're posing for a picture. And because you're authentic and because you're not a fake person, like you <laughs> seemingly just do not know how to fake a smile. So, and then they, somebody said, well, just make him laugh. And I said, okay. And then, so I tried that and it actually worked. And then, you know what? And then you said something like, man, you know what? Um, in, in Costa Rica, we call these carcajadas, uh, which right. is a belly right. laugh. So I would, so ever since then, it actually got to the point to where I actually went online as a sort of a kind of a quasi joke, made two shirts that said yo with a heart symbol, yo in Spanish is I, uh -huh. heart symbol, carcajadas. That's exactly and right. I, I still have my shirt. I, awesome. I, I actually, still have it. I saw it. I was going through one of my drawers a, yesterday, a couple days ago and I saw it in there and I was like, I got to bring this up when, when, for the podcast. But so anytime you needed the thumbnail, you'd say, give me the carcajadas. Carcajadas. So it's a great moment. So Bish, I can't have you on the podcast and not talk about our cockroaches. Right. But right. uh, so, okay. So we talked about that. We talked about learning the language and that the culture shock. Uh, you know, of just moving to a place that. I mean, how much English 
do, do people at Costa Rica, do many people know English there? Well, because tourism is their number one source of income, yes. You can find uh, ticos and ticas, which is their term of endearment for Costa, Risa, Costa Rican. Um, you can find many that do speak English. In school today, they are taught English, and it's much better than it was than our Spanish growing up in high school and middle school. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that do speak English there, but... Um, the masses do not. It's, okay. it's a Spanish culture. So it's it's a, so that's good then because it, like in if you need to get bailed out, it seems like there's it's not impossible to bail yourself Correct. out. Correct. You, you don't can know the find language. some people typically, um, especially in the tourist areas, the hotels. The, everybody speaks English in those places. Uh-huh. Where we lived, no one spoke English. There you go. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so there we go. So and to, I guess. With Costa Rica, the main thing, and this is, again, this is probably going to go in another part, but I want to talk a little bit about Papa G. Okay. And his family. And and y'all's, even to this day, you guys still have a relationship with them. And do you have a relationship with the Costa Rican government at all? Uh, No, not with the government. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure about that, but I know they... Yeah, I, I lean on my Costa Rican friends for mm-hmm. any legal things with the property, with the ministry we have down there. I lean on them. Okay. We made an agreement years ago that all negotiating and all legal fees, all legal things would be done through Costa Ricans. Okay. I I host teams from the states. I raise funds from the states. I let them handle the local things, it's interesting, you know, I, I'm a fair-skinned, blue-eyed uh, American that when I when I speak Spanish, people are a little shocked uh, because I don't look like I'd be that guy. But what I've been told forever is don't negotiate any prices because they're going to give you the blue-eyed price. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they see me coming and go, yeah, we can charge more to that guy. From a mile away. But, Austin, what you're talking about, it's interesting. When we lived in Costa Rica, the family you just mentioned, we did not know. So I'll, I'll go into the story a little bit. As missionaries there with the plan of living the rest of our lives in Latin America, my wife having a son there, giving birth there, that was our game plan. And God captured our hearts, and I fought God for 10 months. Um, and this was the deal. I'd said I would never be a senior pastor. Uh, I only wanted to be a missionary. And as we're down there learning the language, God puts it in our hearts to come back to Alabama to plant a church in Trussville. This is the antithesis of anything I ever wanted to do. Um, I fought God for 10 months, and this is what I tell people all the time. You fight God long enough, and eventually he's going to win. And literally, I, I, I gave up. I threw my hands up in the air. I love this country. I love these people. I love the ministry that we were involved in there. But... Um, God captured our hearts, and I didn't know what else to do but say, okay, I, I surrender. If, if I had to, to caption Christianity in one simple word, it's this word, obedience. And that's what it's all about. And so I finally chose, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to obey. And we left Costa Rica. The hardest thing I ever did was not going with a family to a foreign country. The hardest thing I ever did was leaving to come back. We left Costa Rica. We landed in at Birmingham Airport on January 3rd of 2006. Uh, my father-in-law picked us up, and I'll never forget my moment of truth was when I reached in my pocket and I had no keys. Had no keys because I didn't own a home. I didn't own a car. We'd sold everything. I had nowhere to go, and only this 
this vision from God to plant a church in Trustville, Alabama. We had no means. We had no resources. We had no funds. We had nothing on January 3rd of 2006. And so where we're sitting right now in the parking lot of Faith Community Fellowship, we're one church serving three communities uh, with a global outreach. Um, This is a God story. This can only be a God story. And so God began to direct our steps and connect some dots. And we landed on January the 3rd. On January 31st of 2006, we had an organizational meeting for anyone that wanted to talk to us about planting a church in Trustful. We had 120 people show up at that meeting that night. And if you know the story of the church, the Global C, capital C Church, it started with 120 people in an upper room in Acts chapter 2. I felt like that's a great number to start a church with, 120. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, the rest really is history. We we everything that was told to us about trustful, uh, God broke every barrier, and we started uh, just right next door at Payne Elementary School, uh, actually the the primary side of uh, of Payne Elementary, and that's where we had our first service on March the twenty sixth. So do that math. We land with nothing on January third. March the 26th, we have our first service. Wow. When I tell church planters that story, they say that's impossible. Well, I understand. I understand. However, um, people can call me a lot of things, Austin, but one thing I can't be called is lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and and we worked, uh, I mean, daylight to dark, 24-7 it's, yep. to get us open. And we pushed and we pushed and we pushed. and. Um, we planted the church for less money than anyone would ever imagine, simply because I'm a missionary at heart and I, I know how to get the most out of the least. It's just what you do on the mission field. And so we pushed and pushed and pushed, got the church open. And it's been it's been an amazing ride. Uh, I'll tell you the story of the property we're on. Uh, when we were driving down Highway 11, the road that's right in front of us, when we first got to town, we drove by the elementary school. And my wife says to me, Steve, I really sense that's where we're going to have our church. That's where we're going to be able to rent the building and have church. And I told her, well, baby, everybody says the school system won't allow churches in it. She goes, I don't know. That's just what I sense. Well, we kept driving down the road and we passed this property, a wooded lot with a sign on it, 18 acres. And not to be outdone by my wife, I said, well, baby, if that's where we're going to start the church i believe that property right there that's where we're going to build the church and when we investigated the property it was 1.2 million dollars in 2006 um we didn't have 1.2 billion dollars we had nothing (laughs) hard to get off there god has just it's a god story yes we were able to start in the school god gave us favor with the administration and the school board and even the owner of this property um, i approached her and said, uh, ma'am, I really believe this is where we're going to build our church. And she always called me young man. She said, young man, well, I can see you're a man of faith, but I have a contract on that property, full price offer with two backup contracts. I said, well, her name is Mrs. Payne. I said, Mrs. Payne, when, when that contract falls through and the rest fall through, give me a call because that's where we're going we're gonna to build our church. And... <laughs> And it was divine intervention four different times our paths crossed. And every time I would have the same conversation. And she said, well, the first one fell through, but I have two more. The second one fell through, but I have one more. The third one fell through. What do you want to do? And I said, well, 
I want to offer you $900,000. She said, well, young man, I, I had full price offers. I said, I know, and they're not existent anymore. So would you accept 900000 And it's a God story. Um, we started our church on March 2606. We closed on the property, this 18 acres, on March 26, 2007. We broke ground on this property March 26, 2008. And so, yeah, it's everything about Faith Community Fellowship points to that first word, faith. And that's what this whole journey has been these last 17 years. Well, I love it. And and, and so, and even still, I, you know, you still have the, your relationship, I mean, you, with Costa Rica. And then, like, just talk about that specifically and what you guys have con- done, continue to do. With Costa Rica specifically, but, of course, I mean, there's missions trips all over. I mean, you guys go to, you know, Honduras, Ecuador, Haiti. I know you've done a – they've been on a Haiti trip. I mean, so it's not just Costa Rica, but Costa Rica is the country that you guys have the most intimate relationship with. Certainly, I would, certainly. Know. Well, right now we've got boots on the ground in Honduras. Two weeks from now we have a team of 60 going to El Salvador. Five weeks from now we have uh, 34 going to Kenya. Last week we just – physically constructed a church in Kenya for the Maasai Mara, the Maasai people way out in the bush. Uh, No foreigner has ever been to where this church was just built at. So the reach is big. And let me go back to 2006 when we planted the church. Um, I was not happy as the pastor of this church because I know my heart for missions. And so I made a commitment. We're not leaving the nations. We're going to continue to plant churches. And so what we did, we sent our first team as we met in an elementary school gymnasium to Honduras to build a church, physically constructed a church. We ended up building four churches in Honduras, one in Mexico, one in Bolivia. That was before we ever built the church that we're in. And what I love to tell people is at Faith Community Fellowship, God's blessing has fallen on this church because we're not thinking of ourselves, we're thinking of his kingdom. And so the first church we ever built wasn't for ourselves, it was for somebody else. We've continued in that. We're five years into the church plant when I'm at a conference, I bump into a pastor uh, who's talking to a missionary from Costa Rica. He asked me, uh, I I asked him his name and where he's from, and he said, I'm from a little place called Alawalita. And I said, I know know Alawalita. And he said, how do you know Alawalita? I said, well, I lived there. I was a missionary there. And he's scratching his head. Austin, I love the nations, but the one country I didn't want to go back to was Costa Rica. Mm. It was too painful. It it hurt too bad to even think about going back because we had to leave. And so he invites me back. And what that did, my wife and I went back to Costa Rica and we realized quickly that what he brought us there to do wasn't the reason we were there. And we contacted our former pastor in Costa Rica he was physically constructing a church, wanted to. And I said, no, you're not doing that. We're going to do that. And so we sent teams to Costa Rica to build his church. Before we sent the teams, he asked me, uh, do you know where you'll stay? His name is Odilon, and we call him Pastor Odie. And I said, you tell me where we're going to stay. He said, well, I've got a pastor friend up in the mountains, and he's got cabins. Would you stay there? And I said, if it's safe and it's clean, I'll stay. He said, it's rustic, but it's clean, and it's definitely stay safe. So we left and we took a team to Costa Rica to stay at a pastor's cabins that we'd never met before. That's when I met Pastor Giovanni Calderon. And so he literally, his church where he pastored was 
10 minutes from the house we lived in in Costa Rica. Never met him, never knew him. And the day I meet him at his gate with a team that were there to, again, build a church for Pastor Odie Lone, he shakes my hand and says these words to me. Never met the man. It says, Pastor, he said, I want you to know God built this for you. This is yours. That's an incredible story because when we left Costa Rica, I felt like I'd failed God. I felt like I'd missed it, even though I knew I had to come plant this church in Trustville, Alabama. The dream was always to have a place where I could host missionaries, short-term missionaries who could evangelize the country, uh, a place where I could host pastors where they could be refreshed who are struggling in ministry. Uh, That's what I always dreamed of building. We walk through the gate, the man that just told me, God built this for you, this is yours. And what does he have? He's got cabins that will hold 24 short-term missionaries. He's got a house that's been built and designed for pastors who need to be refreshed. He's got a ranch, which is a commercial kitchen and a big eating area. It's all glassed in, looking over a, uh, a beautiful river running. Um, it's also next to an infinity edge pool and a jacuzzi. And I'm like, where are we? What is this place? And this pastor was gifted this nine acre property by a missionary who dreamed of building all of this, got sick. I know it's a long story and had to go back to the States. So Pastor Giovanni Calderon, his wife, his son and daughter-in-law move onto the property and they built the cabins, the pool, the ranch, the house. Everything was built by him and no one ever used it. It sat vacant for years until I showed up at the gate. And I'm after many, many trips there with teams, building relationship with him, he finally told me this whole story. And this is what he said. He said, Pastor, don't you understand the missionary had the dream? He said, I have built the dream. And he said, you are the fulfillment of the dream. And the day you showed up at my gate, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is why this property was built. And so we've been back ever since. Again, that's the church I preached in on Sunday where... (laughs) where I ask them how they were born instead of how did they rise this morning. Uh, I've preached there so many times. Um, this, These are my family. Just as we talk about being family, I'm telling you, the Calderon family, they are my family. My boys see uh, that family as their, their, their Costa Rican family, their Costa Rican grandparents. It's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll finish that story, unfortunately. Uh, June 15th of last year, Pastor Giovanni passed away of COVID. Uh, it's a huge loss for the kingdom. It's a huge loss for me personally. Um, He was in Costa Rica. We call him an institution. Uh, He had his own television show, his own uh, uh, unbelievable church, media ministry. He did so many things. And now his son is, has taken over all those ministries. And again, still in relationship with them to this day. In fact, just received a text from his son, Jonathan, while we're doing this podcast. So, (laughs) Well, I, I mean, and that's, I know you're just skimming yeah. the surface of that story. And that's, I mean, I want to just probably come back when they just have a whole conversation on just the Costa Rica, like just really focusing on the past, what, 18 years, 28? About- yeah, we left there in 2006. And for the past 11 years, we've been back doing ministry, building an orphanage. Um, yes. Doing uh, working in the local church. We now have a soccer academy in Costa Rica led by um, Costa Rican 
national team members who have played in the World Cup. Those are our coaches. So um, it, it's a pretty – it's a God story. Yeah. It's a God story. So, I mean, we're just skimming over it. So I definitely want to come back one day and talk about just those years in Costa Rica where we, you know, really just dive into that. But, I mean, like even Papa G and his family, I mean, they're, you know, they're basically celebrities over there in costa rica more or less because they have you know a tv show like a tv set that that's the, you know and <laughs> it's I mean, beautiful it it's really crazy is. i mean that's, that's and, what it, I'm and it's crazy when i hear you say that you're absolutely right but i've been with them through this growth of what they've done and where they started and i've been to the place where he planted his church the little house on the corner I, i've been to his first recording studio which literally they made their lights for the recording studio out of out of styrofoam coolers because they couldn't afford lights. So white styrofoam coolers, they painted them black on the outside and stuck lights on the inside to reflect the light out. I mean, they have bootstrapped everything and God blessed it. Mm -hmm. And they they took little, they took lemons and made lemonade. That's what they did. And, and it has grown and grown and grown until what it is today. And there's no doubt, anytime I was with Pastor Giovanni in the community, um, most often when I was there with him, we had our boots on because we were working on the mountain, building the orphanage, pouring concrete, building buildings. We'd be at the hardware store looking like construction workers and people would stop and go, Pastor Giovanni, you know, and we'd have conversations, we'd pray with people. But you're right. I mean, the, the, the ministry there has, has taken off. Um, it's incredible. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. This past time that we were there with the team, my, I have a backhoe on the property that we're, we're building a new road. We lost access, lost easement from a property, so we have to build a new road. And the backhoe, of course, broke down. And in Costa Rica, uh, we called our mechanic, who gave us the number of a heavy equipment mechanic, who ends up showing up on the same day. And when he gets there, he doesn't tell us the whole story, but he finds the, the issue, runs and gets a $5 part, comes back by 4 p.m., puts the part on, the backhoe cranks, my, my driver starts working on the backhoe, and he says to us, you know, when you all called me at lunchtime, I was dropping a motor, and I really didn't have time to come here, but there was something that told me I needed to come here. And I'm thinking, I know that something, it's God, you know, and he shows up and, and he's helped us to get the backhoe running again. And he looks at Jonathan and says, do I know you? And Jonathan said, well, and he told him the story. My dad passed away. He had a TV show. And now I'm, t and now I do the TV show. And the guy goes, that's where I've seen you. I've been watching your, he said, your dad was Giovanni Calderon and you're Jonathan. And I watch you every Thursday night. And, um, this guy that just happened to have this, I need to be there, uh, ends up now, uh, not only following their ministry every Thursday. But now he's our mechanic that makes house calls and works on our backhoe. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I know. And I love, I mean, I love, and, and I've stressed this. This is what this podcast, the backbone of this podcast is about just that relationships. Right. And Absolutely. everything, I mean, everything is built on relationships and stories right. and connecting with people. Because at the end of the day, you know, I've said this quote is we come from different places, speak from different tongues, but our heart to beat is one. That's right. You know, that's right. and realizing that and that we're all on the same planet. We're all fighting for the same things. That's right. You know, um, and that's what this whole thing is about. So, like, and I love that. I love that 
it's just a testament to the power of just and again this this being popular the celebrity stuff the tv show that's not that's not what it's about but it is really cool you know to talk about for sure and absolutely like, so i mean there's definitely more to talk to touch on there and hope maybe one day who knows we can actually record an episode in costa we rica need to do that i want to get you down there and let you see it and on video grab the whole story i mean there's uh, a, you can easily make easily make a 30 minute to an hour long documentary about it and not not too much time you know just going down there but we i know we've talked about that but that's something we can definitely continue to talk about but um maybe I, recording a follow-up episode maybe in costa rica one day that'd be incredible absolutely love you know um so but we're getting kind of close to time here the last thing i wanted to touch on and again we're just to get to keep within the time frame we're just having to skim over this stuff but the last thing i wanted to talk about was just your experience because one thing i noticed or it's kind of common knowledge that people in america tend to take things for granted Oh my goodness. Because of, you know, living in a first world, a mega first world country, um, you know, it's like, what are some of the things that you've seen? And these are the stories that I've heard you say over the years that just really spoke to me and just, just water. Like, just talk about how difficult it is in other nations, third world nations specifically, but um, to just get clean water to just bathe them, bathe and, you know, hydrate their family. Like, well, we are unbelievably spoiled you know we just are in fact my team that i just got back from costa rica with uh, we landed on thursday and on monday of that week jonathan called me and said well we do have a problem we don't have water i said okay that is a problem when i have a team coming and they have a 1000 gallon cistern that when the water flows it fills up the cistern we have purchased a purifying units, UV light and charcoal units, so that when teams come, we can actually drink the water there. But by Wednesday, there was still no water. So they're almost empty in their 1,000-gallon cistern. And I literally paid for a tanker to come and fill the tank with water. You know, down the street, they didn't have that luxury. And so you've got farmers, because it's a farming community where the orphanage is, uh, with no water, you know, we just planted the church in Africa, physically constructed a church in Africa. And what's the first thing we do there is we dig wells because they don't have water. And, you know, ladies walk five miles a day there with carrying these huge pails, buckets uh, with, you know, water weighs eight pounds a gallon. And so, you know, five gallons of water is 40 pounds on your neck that you're walking with just so that you can hydrate your family so they can stay alive next to air. The most important thing you can have on this earth is water. And so every time you look at a faucet, we don't go, oh, thank you, Jesus, for giving me clean water. But we should. (laughs) Uh, It's such uh, food, another issue, just so many things that we've seen through the years, things we take for granted. I know when we got back, our boys, uh, you know, put them in public school and there's growing up in Trustville, Alabama and probably a year, year and a half into the deal, they started to whine about a few things and I had to pause them and say, guys, remember Jose? Remember Paco? Remember their homes? And they're like, dad, we're sorry. We're sorry. Immediately they remembered where we were and what we saw. And, you know, if, if you, if you make the average medium salary in the United States of America today, you are among the top 5% wealthiest people in the world. 
And there used to be a website called globalrichlist.org. I don't know if it's still there. Last time I checked, it was down. But I put in my salary, and I was embarrassed mm. because I, I don't feel like I'm in the top the 5% richest people in the world, but I am. Mm. And it's because of perspective. When you go to these countries and you see the way the rest of the world lives, I think it does something in you. I know it does something. It did in me. It mm. changed my life. Yeah. And I know, like, you brought one time on stage, you brought out this pump. Tell me a little I remember specifically that was just profound. Like, I don't know what that was. It was like it. they had to dig a hole or something. They had to actually pump water. Do you remember that? I'm trying to remember the exact illustration. But I remember but, you yeah. said they had to bring these pumps, and they would actually pump water out of the ground or something. Oh, sure, sure. That's and a just, very common thing. Yeah, because it's, like, it's not even that. It's not like they're having to walk five miles a day to a place that's even necessarily convenient to get the water. It's like right. they're walking to a place that's very inconvenient to even obtain the water when they get there. Yeah, it's a it's an aspiration to get the water. It's not a definite thing. It's not like you can flip the switch and turn the pump on. Uh, I mean, you're hoping, and this was the case last week in Costa Rica, you're hoping that it rained so that the springs have water in them so that you can pump the water to get it into your cistern. That's the way life is every single day. And it's not pure water either. I mean, it's oh. not like water in the sense <laughs> no. of America. This water's muddy. Yeah, that's the reason that we have purchased filtration systems yeah. and uh, because Americans will get sick, we'll yeah. get sick. And, and, and I'm talking, this is a country that is the rainforest where it rains often in Costa Rica. You go in the deserts of Africa, you go in other countries that water is not nearly as easy to get to as it is in Latin America. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things I, in my daily walk, you know, it's like, and actually I was watching a video that popped up on Instagram or Facebook or something, Steve Harvey it was a video with Steve Harvey, and he was like, "If you woke up today, that's a blessing. If you're, absolutely. if you're walking today, absolutely, that's a blessing. If you can hear, that's a blessing. Absolutely. And it's like when you yeah. think about it, because it's so easy. Because the culture in America um, makes it see it's like they're so incentivized by making everybody want to feel like garbage, so they'll go out and spend money. Basically, <laughs> you know, so much of that is just based on people profiting off people's sadness or the depression or whatever, seeking." pleasure enjoyment what have you and it's like when you think about it say and, and i do this myself literally I, I just as an exercise i do daily weekly you know if i have like same i have a flat tire or i have my my tire's got a nail in it i have to go you know change the tire or something it's something like that that's can you know first glance surface level you're like oh man that stinks whatever sure. but when you think about your the human body for one thing and how many trillions of things are going on in the human body all the thousands of components in your vehicle the thousands of components in your home, the thousands of components, you know, on the roadways and everything about your life on a daily basis, trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of things are happening, are going right. That's right. That's right. And you, if you have six things in a day go, quote unquote, wrong or inconvenient to every one thing that's going wrong, trillions of things are going Absolutely. right. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I told you about the backhoe breaking down in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So we're up in the mountains it's gorgeous it's beautiful and the backhoe breaks down and we needed the backhoe no doubt to get the job done and so my backhoe driver is frustrated i'm frustrated i put my arm on his shoulder and i said craig i want you to turn this way and look at the mountains beautiful mountainscape beautiful clouds rolling through beautiful day and i said now i know it broke down but here's what i need you to do look at those mountains and just say these words 
thank you, Jesus, <laughs> because there's so many right things. Yeah, we can get all hung up on the wrong things, but there's so much right if we'll focus on the right and not the wrong. Absolutely. And it goes back to that perspective. You know, what you said earlier, perspective is critical. So, That's right. well, very cool, my friend. We are, we're pretty much at time here. And I wanted to ramp up with just talking about recommendations. I know that's something that we do every, every episode. But before we get to that, just is there any closing comments or anything that you want to add? And I definitely, again, I'm going to have you back on. We're going to talk more because there's just, we're just scratching the surface. But is there anything in this first episode that you're on here just to talk about? Anything that you're like, oh man, I wish we could have talked about that? You know, so much. And I won't even open up a new topic because there's so much I can talk about. But, you know, first, just want to say thank you, Austin, for inviting me on the podcast. Love time with you anytime we can spend time together. Second thing would just simply be um, life change is real. And I found mine in Christ. And that has been what turned my life around uh, so many years ago, not preaching a religion. I'm preaching a person that I met Jesus and he changed my life when I not encountered church, but encountered him. And that's what has made everything. It's made the, the difference in my life and my family. Well, I love that. And that, and you're absolutely no thanks needed because having you on like you are one of the top people that i've been excited to talk to just because and we haven't even talked about our shenanigans and working with the church <laughs> and all the projects we've been up to right. in the multimedia world and like there's just so much we'll we can continue to talking about on a later date but um well that's fantastic my friend and thank you but thank you for coming on and you know and again like i said you're either super somewhere you know in the third world country and almost inaccessible or you're just like you know, well then, honestly, it was so funny because when I first met you, you know, we just came and visited the church, and I think within a few days, I'd met, I just walked up and talked to you, and within a few days, we were at Chili's having dinner. Sure, you know, sure. me, you I know, <laughs> and your wife, and it was just, um, just, and you got to know you, and that's just not something that you come across to come come across a lot in this world, in the the, the church world, especially at the volume or the level you guys are operating. Just be able to sit down and have dinner with you guys was just oh, a, a truly was a blessing. And I'm so thankful to have you in my life. I'm so thankful to have the FCF family in my life. I would not be the same human being without you, oh, without awesome. everybody here. That's awesome. You know, Austin. thanks for saying that. Um, so but to get bring it down a little bit, let's get more pragmatic. So <laughs> to, we'll close it out there. But the last thing, of course, is our recommendation. So I told you, if you're a first-time listener, this is basically, I just like to close out every episode with something that is, it can be totally related to the conversation. It can be totally unrelated. It can be tangible, intangible, anything at all. Just a way to kind of ice break it and kind of just leave you with something random insight to how you might could do or easily do something or purchase something to improve your life even slightly. So what's your recommendation for us? My recommendation ties right into what we've been talking about. And that's this, that if you have never traveled abroad, please do yourself a favor, get a passport, get a plane ticket and go somewhere, not just for the sake of a vacation, but with your eyes wide open to see the way the rest of the world lives. And if you'll do that, my friend, I'm telling you, you will have an appreciation the next time you turn on your water faucet, the next time you go to your refrigerator, open the door uh, and there's food inside, you'll have appreciation for life. And that's the greatest thing. Appreciate every moment of life. And uh, I just recommend go somewhere, see things you've never seen before, not just for you, but for the perspective of what it can do inside you. 
And I would even extend that and just say, just generally speaking, if you can't get on a plane and go somewhere else, just get uncomfortable. Sure. You, there's ways to do that even in even in America. You don't necessarily. In city, right. Yeah. You, there's, you don't have to get on a plane to do that. But, if, of course, if you do have the funds and do have the means and do have the time, yes, that is, I would wholeheartedly agree with that for sure. So, well, that's an awesome recommendation, my friend. Thank awesome. you so much. My recommendation is a little more, I would say, super tan, super reachable for pretty much anybody because it's like, you know, we all wash our clothes <laughs> and we all, you know, and we all care about, at least in some level, we all care about the environment, you know. And one thing that I've recently just bought myself, actually, um, my soon-to-be mother-in-law actually got me on these, but they're actually um, washing machine um, detergent sheets. So they're similar. They look pretty much just like a dryer sheet, dryer sheet. Mm-hmm. but you but in but they're but they have somehow I don't know all the science. I don't know how the sausage is made, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, you just little sheets, and you just throw them in the washer when you wash your clothes, and they come I think different sizes, or you put you know are different. Um, you put depending on the load, you can put one or two in there. I'm not exactly sure because I haven't got them yet. But I, I mean, I've heard a lot about them. It was like 17 bucks, and it's going to last us for. It was like 50 sheets, like 50 loads. That's awesome. Like I mean, it's like and it's the you know. Much better for the environment because once you're done, you don't have these massive plastic plastic jugs, jugs that you're having to throw away, and um, so and it's very affordable and supposedly I've, and I've heard good things about it. The reviews were excellent on Amazon, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well if that's something you want to try. But that's my recommendation for the day. And again, I'm going to have to. I'm literally tomorrow sitting down to make a list of all the things that I've recommended because I I've, I've forgotten at this point all the things <laughs> and I'm afraid I'm going to start repeating them. So, but well, very cool, my friend. Well, thank you so much. That's that's everything we've got today, and I will be in touch at some point, and we will definitely bring on have you back on, and maybe even have Brett on your son. Oh my goodness, because. <laughs> I, I definitely. Want, I mean, because he's hilarious, and he's you know he he knows Spanish better than you, he right? Knows. He's like more I fluent. Hate to in admit it, it but he, well, he did. He, he was he basically Spanish. grew up there, so that's kind of he's he got that on you. But, so well, thank you so much, my friend. Love you to pieces. One of my Love favorite human too. beings on the planet, and looking forward to having you back on. Love it. Thanks so much for having me uh, having me join you today. Thank you, brother.